All right, let's move to our final story for the day. We chatted AI driving technology. We chatted buffets. Now we're chatting... uh, Oh my gosh, tripping up on my words today, man. Now we're chatting gymnasiums and we're chatting fitness centers. So we've been fielding some conversations from gym owners on uh, new mask mandates coming for gyms and fitness centers. Only a week or so ago, Planet Fitness CEO Chris Rondeau said that all locations will have a mandatory mask requirement for all gym members, patrons, and staff starting August 1st. And though at a surface level it sounds like the right move when you compare to other brick-and-mortar markets, many aspects of the gym, from things like shared equipment to heavy strained breathing to high physical exertion Mm. create unique dynamics for how gyms should or whether they should reopen at all. Uh, And so that's why we've been wanting to field some conversation on this because it's not the same strategy as reopening a restaurant, reopening your retail store, or reopening any other sort of brick-and-mortar venue. I'm going to highlight some analysis here real quick. Drive Research did an analysis on uh, public perception around returning to gyms. They surveyed gym goers across the country to better understand their opinions and expectations for gyms during the reopening process. Here's some of the study highlights to put into context at least you know what they found people were feeling. Three in four respondents were not comfortable returning to their gym even if it reopened. 76% agreed they would not go to the gym even if face masks were required. Three in five respondents reported COVID-19 has severely impacted their workout routine, and 75% of members believe they shouldn't have to pay membership fees if they don't feel comfortable going to the gym. So a lot of uh, gym goers have felt a major disruption, but aren't feeling that same brand loyalty or, uh, I don't know, like routine loyalty to the gym necessarily uh, because COVID has really shifted public perception at least based on this research around uh, the value of a gym amid a pandemic. So we've spoken to a few other people on this. We just recently released uh, a piece on our site, like I said, uh, talking to some gym owners about returning what they did, uh, how they've gone remote, uh, and some of their thoughts on the mask mandates. But I wanted to highlight some thoughts from someone we didn't include in that piece, and this is a Brett Larkin. Brett Larkin has actually been on our publication before. She gave us some insights on Lululemon's acquisition of Mirror, uh, and she is the creator of the award-winning YouTube channel Uplifted Yoga, as well as Uplifted Online Yoga Teacher Trainings. Uh, she's a big name in fitness influencing and yoga influencing right now. So we wanted to source her thoughts on this subject, uh, on gym mask mandates, the effectiveness on, of them, the longevity of them, and uh, you know whether or not gyms should even be reopening under these conditions. So let's go ahead and hear from her on some of the questions we fielded to the industry. Here's question number one that we asked. Is it sustainable for gyms to require masks like Planet Fitness's new rule? Why or why not? Here are uh, Brett's thoughts. I think for gyms, they're going to have to figure out a way to make it be sustainable because all national and local health recommendations agree that masks make a huge difference, especially indoors in a closed environment with groups of people who may be breathing heavily from the exertion of exercise. 
I think this is why we see a big trend towards online fitness and wellness. Uh, it's very freeing because you can do it anytime, you can do it anywhere, and then you have the added bonus of not having to worry and just not having to wear a mask if you're in your own house. So thoughts on that one, Tyler. Um, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like basically she's saying here that, um, you know, the mask mandates aren't really going to be super effective because people have already found some value in fitness outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that that is, I think that's largely correct. You know, I, I, I think the, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of someone who does religiously go to the gym. Cause that's, that's never been, that's never been me. Um, but I've always found other ways to stay in shape and to work out and that sort of thing. It's just never been a, a, a gym mindset for me. And so I think for a lot of people, it's about going somewhere and feeling like while I'm here, this is what I do. And it kind of separates regular life from then going and working out and kind of puts you in that correct mindset. Right. And so I think by finding other ways to do that, whether it's going outside, you know, going to a running trail somewhere, people are still able to find that mindset and find that, uh, that headspace they need to be in to, uh, you know, to go and to work out and, and that sort of thing. But I, I, I just can't imagine going to a gym on a regular basis and wearing a mask. I, I, I just think that that would be really, really uncomfortable and not something that would be that would be enjoyable for people who, who do go to the gym. I, I like, I, I just picture that being really difficult to do. Yeah. It really does not sound like fun. <laughs> like at the very least, it just sounds like a real pain to try to, uh, you know, go work out, get immensely sweaty and have like sweat dripping in your mask and your mask getting all sweaty and gross and trying to breathe through that and the smell of it like on your face. I, and this is not to say that gyms should reopen without masks. I think it should just not reopen at all because if this is the solution, yeah, like, it just doesn't sound like anyone's going to want to return. And it sounds like a more of a logistical nightmare to reopen under COVID and try to manage that and just band-aid it with masks than it would be to just keep your gym center closed. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. Uh, so here's question number two. Studies show that nearly half of Americans don't plan to return to the gym. How are you preparing for post-COVID gym numbers? And we might want to adjust those numbers even more if we look at Drive Research's uh, analysis, for example, which showed about 75% uh, didn't want to return to, to the gym, even if it did open with some COVID um, safety protections. So yeah, that was based on another piece of research I found when I curated the questions, but the numbers anywhere now we're seeing between 50 to 75% of folks do not want to return to the gym. So wow. how are they preparing for post COVID gym numbers? Uh, here's what Brett had to say. Deep breathing is fundamental to working out and it's definitely fundamental to yoga, especially rapid breathing, like breath of fire or chanting. So this is an important part of the practice. And I think a lot of people are not going to be comfortable doing this in a closed setting. And a mask is inhibiting. It's obviously not ideal. So I think that's, again, why we're seeing most people gravitating towards online workouts, online yoga for now. It seems to be the best choice. It's low risk. There is no need to travel. You don't need to worry about the exertion and the deep breathing. And I don't see this changing for a very long time. I think COVID has accelerated the online exercise trend with convenience and safety. So I think it's possible that gyms may never again experience the growth that they had in the past. 
I think that she makes a very strong point there, Daniel. And from from my perspective, anyway, it's like I've I work out more now than I did before. And that's simply by utilizing, you know, a, a subscription app, you know, and, and taking classes on that. And with commute times uh, disappearing, I've, I've used that time more often to work out than I did before. And so I think that there's a strong argument to be made that people are going to find those other solutions and find these other ways to, uh, to work out, to stay in shape and that sort of thing that don't involve an expensive gym membership and um, don't involve taking time out of their day to go to a different place, you know, to uh, all that, all that going to a gym entails. I think that people are more often going to find other ways of doing that. And so, yeah, I think she makes a very strong point there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And I, I think she has plenty of experience, obviously, with the online fitness world. Uh, and I think, you know, if she is finding continued success and growth during this time, uh, I, I really does, or excuse me, I really do think that it goes a long way towards saying that gyms as we know them will probably not return and folks are going to find solutions that work for them at home. Uh, I actually think people would prefer working out at home to some degree. I think there's a social aspect to working out at the gym, obviously, but if you're really just looking for the fitness and you're really just looking to stay in shape, uh, there's plenty of solutions that range from Zumba to like buying your own gym gear to uh, more advanced things like the mirror um, home workout, like literal mirror, piece of technology that Lululemon acquired. So I think that there is a re-cementing of online practices in general because of COVID, and I don't think that the gym world is going to be spared from it. Obviously, Brett doesn't uh, uh, disagree with me, right? And I, I think you're on the same page as well. So last question to play off of that, how can gyms capitalize on the growing home workout trend that COVID has been cementing? Here's what Brett had to say. What I've seen work well for teachers in my community is shifting the practice to outdoors. So from a gym or a yoga studio to outside, whether it's even in the parking lot or going for group runs. I think the moment we're not in a closed environment anymore, you can still have that community of the gym, but it feels a lot less frightening to many people. So I think shifting to an outdoor model is important. And then I think giving people a reason to still want to be involved with with the gym, whether that's community challenges uh, and kind of offering a hybrid in-person online solution. So maybe you meet up once a week to go running outdoors, but in the interim, there's videos and things that you can do online. I think we're going to see a lot of gyms kind of migrating to a more hybrid model. Yeah, you I know, find that very interesting. Yeah, no, go 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 ahead. Yeah, I, I do as well. You know, and the the, the kind of boot camp model um, is one that um, has been around, kind of existing, maybe more on the fringes of, um, you know, of of the general workout type uh, culture for the last uh, I don't know, probably decade or two, uh, and and I'm probably underestimating that, but I, I do think that there is a um, a model for how that can work and. I think that people will always value instruction from people who are experts in this arena, right? They'll look and they say, I don't know what to do. I need 
you know, I need people to, you know, be the expert and be instructing and to push me to, to do better. And so I think there will always be value in being able to have a relationship with somebody who you can go up to and talk to and say, hey, I'm looking to get stronger at doing this, you know, or I want to get better at this thing, which doesn't exist in the, you know, in the Peloton model anyways. And so you can... Um, you know, so, so I, I think that there is value in that and there is precedent for that being a, a popular way of doing things. And I think if gyms can maybe leverage that a little bit, leverage the expertise they have, because that's the thing that, that I think will endure is expertise will always be needed in this area. It's not, people may need the equipment less, need the atmosphere of the gym less, um, and that sort of thing, but people will always want the expertise of, of people who know what they're doing in this area. And so I think that that maybe is where Jim should lean. And I think that that kind of speaks to what, what Brett was getting at. Yeah. And I think, uh, solutions like that are going to be very limited, uh, based on, where the gyms are located, like just geographically. Uh, if you're in a major city, uh, there may not be an opportunity for you to find a uh, an open space for you to do this. Um, but in areas with more uh, more open space, uh, with more public parks around your fitness center, I totally see the value in adapting a lot of classes and solutions to being outdoors. And I think, uh, and this is something that we heard from uh, folks on the piece we released on our website already, uh, other gym owners commenting on these trends, that there is a value around community, that gyms really want to see uh, a resurgence of community more so than like a resurgence of people wanting to work out. Because people wanting to work out that can be solved through home workout trends. And we're seeing an uptick in that. We're seeing investments in that. And it's a solution that makes a lot of sense. So if gyms really want to see the same kind of growth or they want to at least stay level, they're going to need to lean on the community aspects of what makes gyms exciting, in my opinion. You know, you make it a part of your routine as a gym goer. You see your friends there. You interact with staff there that you you recognize. You go to classes um, and in those classes, you know, you make friends. It's a, it's a recurring thing. You dance there, you do yoga or any other mix of assorted, um, fitness styles and, and, um, you know, learning tracks. That is something that cannot be reestablished completely remotely. And I think doing outside fitness and, um, you know, keeping that social distancing outside is a great way to encourage community keep people safe and still offer a service that you can uh, charge customers for as a gym, especially with that point on the drive research uh, piece that showed that uh, gym goers don't really want to pay membership fees if they can't go back to the gym around 75%. So, you know, gyms need to be careful or they're going to lose a huge chunk of their subscriber base and then they're really going to be in the hole. So any way to adapt what mm -hmm. creates value for the gym goer is going to be necessary. And I think, um, I think a, a, an area to strategize around is community and using that as the real seller for uh, sticking with your gym. Definitely. So those are my final thoughts there. 
I think that that is, um, I think that's that's a strong argument. Yeah, the, the community aspect is another one that's really big in, you know, in CrossFit in, in things like that, right? right. Um, so I, I think you're absolutely right to point out that that factor as well and that finding ways to maintain that community is going to be vital for, for many, many people. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.